Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who absolutely hates losing, Brandon Siegel. I do hate losing. I truly despise losing. You do. You were coaching him up in kickball today. Today, today in our uh, final marketing intern, the BGSU Athletic Department, our little event, we played kickball, and I was not going to lose. There's, I promise you I was not losing. Yeah, you had the There's game face no on. It was... I was looking at you over a couple times, and I was just like, yeah, he, he really wants to win. Yeah, there's, I pro- there was no way that was going to be an L in my book. No way. But how are you doing, Trevor? How was your week? I'm doing good. My week's been good. You know, just been really busy. Finals right? are coming right? up, but, you know, it's, it's the grind time. So, uh, yeah, today for our eighth episode of the Small Waller Podcast, now Woo! we're up to eight. Uh, in small talk, we're going to get into talking about Steph Curry and his love of popcorn. Odd love of popcorn. NBA press conferences, uh, the whole magic situation, Dabo Sweeney's contract, and uh, BGSU basketball team landing new commit Dylan Swingle. Um, we're going to get into small talk trivia, randomly ranked. And then for our main topics, we're going to talk about the NFL draft, kind of recap it, give you our winners and losers, stuff like that. And then get in the NBA playoffs, Dame Lillard, his amazing buzzer beater, 37-footer, just an amazing shot. And then at the end, we're going to get into our quick prediction. It's going to be another solid episode. I feel like I'm like a broken record in saying this, but so much happened again in sports. Absolutely. Like Maybe it's just the combination of the draft and... NFL playoffs happening, and there's a ton of really good headlines. But let's get right into small talk. Uh, first up on the uh, the board today, we have Steph Curry and his love of popcorn. Now, this is odd. So he has a security guard bring him popcorn before, during, and after every single game. And I'm looking at a picture right now. This popcorn has to be a foot to two feet tall. So he has to eat a lot of popcorn. So I'm looking. He has a full list of his preferences. So it goes by five different types of rating, one to five. You have freshness, saltiness, crunchiness, butter, and presentation. This is one of the wackiest things I've seen in basketball. What, what's your take on this? Well, I see the Miami Heater toward the top there, so I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely well thought out. Uh, it's really impressive that he's done this. I don't know if he – obviously, he probably had some help making this little spreadsheet, but it's, it's very awesome uh, to see. Mm-hmm. And his love of popcorn, obviously, you know, you get the salt, kind of make up for that sweat. Uh, you know, while you're playing, but job well done by him. This is something. This is truly, I, I highly recommend, everyone go look at the New York Times article about this. I highly recommend giving this a look. It's seriously one of the coolest things I've ever looked at. And it's just, I mean, Dallas, the Dallas Mavericks, American Airlines Center, is number one. They got 24 out of the 25 possible points. And then the worst, we have the Los Angeles Clippers slash Lakers Staples Center. So come on, Magic. Let's, let's you know, let's get that moving um, with 10 points of a possible 25 uh, so that's pretty interesting. But more into basketball, we have NBA press conferences. We currently have Russell Wilson or Russell Westbrook saying a lot of odd things. Uh, you know, like this next question, he refuses to answer the questions. In uh, the press conferences, I feel like have been critiqued a lot in the past. A lot about you know, there's just dumb questions being asked. You know, the silent interviews have been critiqued. What is your take on uh, press conference questions, especially after games? Yeah. So a lot of times for me these press conferences aren't very useful. It seems like guys are just trying to get through them. You know, interviews or interviewers are asking these questions that seem like they're the same question every time. It kind of seems like there's not really a lot of interesting things. Um, so I think we need to change press conferences the way we do NBA press conferences. I don't know exactly how uh, they would do that, but I think they need to really start looking into that because you only really get like these on rare occasions, you'll get things like the Kevin Durant press conference where he's talking about how he deals with Patrick Beverly, but Really, it's a lot of stuff that's not useful. Yeah, I, I, the press conferences. I I don't I, 
it's going to be a problem that I feel like will not be able to be fixed. You know, for example, like I think baseball has a lot of issues, a lot of issues. There's a competitive issue um, that conferences are not structured correctly. Uh, the games are too long. And a lot of these issues, like the games being too long, it's essentially something you can't fix. To me, I feel like it's kind of it's going to be tough to fix these press conference issues. So many of the questions are just so dumb and they provide no value. But the, it's these people's jobs and they have to ask these certain questions to right. get some stuff to write about. I, I think it's always going to be something that these players are going to have to do and it's something that's probably never going to be fixed just because of the the structure of the issue and how it's going to be tough to solve it and have a solution to it. Um, but to going on to things that definitely need a solution, uh, more Lakers issues. The Lakers, uh, it came out that Magic Johnson, who is the president of the Lakers organization, uh, when he quit, he, there was rumors that he quit because the owner, Jeannie Buss, and the general manager, Rob Plinka, CC'd him on accident on an email about how his job performance is poor. Uh, what do you think about these rumors? Do, do they mean anything to you? Um, it, it's kind of crazy this coming out. They CC'd, obviously, uh, Jeannie Buss, she messed up there, or Rob Polinka, they messed up there CC'ing Magic in the email. Um, I also saw something about Magic, he like subtweeted. Um, I, I forget what the tweet was, but I know he like subtweeted this, and it's just a whole mess of a situation, honestly. It's, it truly is. This is, it's so sad because I want LeBron to win so badly. But this organization is so dysfunctional. Uh, they're not even, in my opinion, they're not even going to be the best team in L.A. next year. It, unless they somehow get a ton of stars. The Clippers are looking to get a ton of really good stars. They it actually, it looks, they've, they've done a lot of the right things, similar to what the Lakers did before LeBron came, getting all these young stars, uh, nice and easy contracts, low money for like you know these really nice young stars to build people around. And it seems like the Clippers have this great organization. I mean, Doc Rivers is a fantastic coach. So... It's just so much stuff about the Lakers, and I understand it just comes with being a part of the Lakers organization, but it's just so much. They need to cut this stuff out quickly, very, very quickly. I mean, it's just starting to get a huge mess, uh, and, you know, all in all, this needs to be cut out super, super quick, uh, unless, you know, it seems like that these players are not going to be able to come to the Lakers because it's so dysfunctional. Yeah, so I just found the magic tweet. He just said, the truth will always come to the light, so... That's interesting, I guess. It's, it's a very interesting tweet. Uh, moving on to Dabo Sweeney. Uh, Dabo Sweeney is the uh, head coach of the Clemson Tigers football team, uh, and they just won a championship. Uh, very, very amazing job he's done. He signed a new 10-year deal for $93 million, uh, $9.3 million average per year. Um, why this is interesting, though, is some stuff came up about comments he made in 2017. Uh, these comments, this is his quote that I'm going to say verbatim. We try to teach our guys, use football to create the opportunities, take advantage of the platform and the brand and the marketing you, you have here available to you. But as far as paying players professional, professionalizing college athletics, that's where you lose me. I'd go do something else because there's enough entitlement in the world as it is. So what's interesting about this comment is he's essentially saying that he would not be a part of college football if these players are getting paid. In it's interesting because he just got paid this huge sum of money. So what's your what's your take on this? What do you think about his comments? Yeah, so him saying this, obviously ten million or I mean ten year ninety three million contract. So he can get basically almost ten million dollars per year, but the players can get nothing. That's kind of where I'm not feeling all that great now. I know like obviously people who aren't for players getting paid, they have the issues about. They say, well, how are you going to disperse this? How, what are you going to do for other sports? And I get that. I just think you need to find some kind of solution. At least let them – we can go into this debate with the players, paying players. Mm -hmm. They at least should be able to use their likeness. So that's really my opinion on it. 
Yeah, I, I personally do not believe college athletes should get paid. I think it is an interesting discussion because there are a lot of things that I feel like they could get paid for that would make it work. For example, their likeness. Yes. Um, in this issue, I, I have an issue just because he just got paid this. And I understand the comments are old. Um, but I feel like, you know, he should kind of clarify something like this. You know, be like, explain like why he said his reasoning. Right. I, I don't think his comments are horrible. But I think it goes kind of against him signing this huge deal. And uh, he should clarify something. Uh, along these lines, it, it kind of makes him seem like he's not pro players, and yeah. uh, especially after their amazing recruiting class they're about to have. I mean, all these Brian Breesy, the number one overall recruit, uh, defensive end, just committed there. So I think in light of that, he should kind of clarify something like this, especially since it got as big as it did. Um, but speaking of signings, a uh, quick shout out to our BG basketball team, my my favorite team. Everyone yep. knows I love BG basketball. Me too. Is signing Dylan Swingley, uh, who transferred from Duke. Uh, he uh, or Duquesne, excuse me, not Duke, uh, was registered there one year, uh, so that's a great signing for BG basketball team. Especially now that you you are a part of the BG basketball team. Yeah, I am. I've been having a lot of fun, you know, for the past two or three weeks, and I think this is another signing that's going to help us. In high school, he averaged twenty three points, thirteen rebounds, and almost four blocks. Uh, I've been watching a couple little highlights uh, today on him, and he looks like he's going to be a Definitely help our team out a lot, so I'm excited. Yeah, I'm hoping they can get a waiver for him and he can play soon. Uh, but on to our next thing. We're going to finish up small talk. We're going to go over to our small talk trivia. The score is 1-0 to zero still. I'm in the lead. Yep. And I promise you I'm not losing this one either. Um, but why don't you go first with your question? All right, so my question, um, it's related to the NFL draft. And so my question is, Kyler Murray, he just got selected number one by the Arizona Cardinals. He's from Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. Now, there are a total of three Oklahoma quarterbacks to ever be drafted number one. Kyler Murray's obviously one of them. Can you name the other two quarterbacks selected number one in the NFL draft Mm -hmm. that are from Oklahoma? I think I do know this one. Baker is obviously, he went one. Yes. And then I think the other one is Sam Bradford. You are correct. Woo! There we go. 2-0. You haven't gotten your question yet. Right. But 2-0. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I like that question. I, I got that one in the bag. All right, so my question. We actually kind of hinted at this question uh, last week in your question. Uh, so my question is, uh, you're going to have to figure out the team. I, it's about the NFL playoffs history. NBA. Okay? Mm-hmm. In the 1994-95 title, the team that won, like who won there, who was the finals MVP of that team in 1994-95? I mean, there's an obvious answer, and I'm, this isn't a trick question, is it? Because I have an obvious answer to it. 95? Well, who, who won in 94 to 95? So it'd be the, the 94. The Rockets. The Rockets won, so what's the answer? Hakeem Olajuwon. There we go. There we go. Yeah, I was like, is this a Easy trick dogs. question? Like, Easy dogs. There we go. All right, it's not so Kenny Smith, is it? We now have a 2 to 1 score. Um, so both of us got us right this week. That's the first time. Uh, show our expansive knowledge <clears throat> yep. of sports. Uh, so going right into randomly ranked, I think we have a really good randomly ranked this week. Um, we're gonna do top five artists of all time. So would you like to go first? Or would you like me to go first? Um, you can go first. All right, I'll go first. So I'm gonna start at five. I'm gonna give a shout out to my grandfather here. I'm gonna go with Frank Sinatra. It's a nice mellow tone. Okay, he's he got me into it. I like Frank Sinatra. It's just me. Number four, I have J Cole. This is a person I think you're gonna have pretty high. Um, I love J Cole. I I think he's. Lyrically, one of the best artists ever. Absolutely. Uh, number three, this is a close to my two. It's very close. Honestly, three, two, and one are all pretty close. My three is to be Chance the Rapper. He used to be one of my favorites. Not that he got worse at all. There's nothing against him at all. I love Chance the Rapper. 
Um, but I got to put him at number three. I thought you would have him one. No, oh, he used to be at one for like a long time. And then again, yeah. the, the second, like really it's 2A and 2B. Right. So he's 2B. 2A, essentially 2, I'm going to put Drake. Okay. Uh, my roommate, all my friends, my family, they know how much I love Drake. Uh, and number one to me, this, this is a person who I recently started to like love a lot. I've always liked this person, but I've started to love him. And that's Travis Scott. I love Travis Scott's music. Uh, love his new album. I honestly love literally everything he's put out. Uh, so he's number one. And he's a Jordan athlete. I yeah. Mean, you can't go against that. <laughs> exactly. All right, top five artists. Who you got? Exactly. Um, so number five, I have Big Sean. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me with my music, um, when I was younger, I was a big fan of like rock and uh, metal. And then I didn't really get into rap until I was about 12, 13. And then since then, that's like the majority of what I listen to. So my five artists are going to be rap hip hop because now that's a large portion of what I listen to. So five is Big Sean. Uh, number four, I also have J. Cole at number four. J. Cole is just amazing. You know, things he does in the community, his message. Yep. Um, just his music is J. Cole, come on the podcast. It's amazing. J. Cole is amazing. So number three, uh, my top three, I had a really tough time um, distinguishing the top three. Number three, I have Eminem. Oh, that's a good pick. Eminem is probably one of the only rappers I listened to when I was like little and um obviously some of my favorite songs of all time you like, hop out like the womb Lose listening Yourself to Eminem? huh you hopped out the womb listening to Eminem uh maybe maybe when I was in the car seat my mom had it on <laughs> the, the radio you know? <laughs> but yeah so Eminem's number three uh number two I also have Drake we have some similarities here Drake all around amazing artist uh number one you might be able to guess who I know it, who is. it is it's Logic Huge Logic fan. Again, the message that he puts out, uh, the rapping, the singing. So, yeah, Logic's number one. Oh, that's a pretty good top five. I don't agree with your number one, but everything <laughs> else I like a lot. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll transition right into our main topics. Um, we have two good ones today, similar to last, last week. Uh, the first one up, we'll have the NFL Draft. Um, talk about different topics involving the NFL Draft. But first up, let's go over some winners and losers. Uh, so I'll start. My big, big winner. Big, big winner, okay? I'm going to have the Miami Dolphins, okay? And let, let me explain this one. I think the Miami, Miami Dolphins did a pretty good job uh, with their picks. Uh, but the big thing is is getting, I think, I don't love Josh Allen, but I think in the way they got him, I love how they got him. Um, they actually traded down to get capital, okay? They wanted, from what my understanding is, they wanted uh, Wilkins very bad. Like, very, very bad. Christian Wilkins from a Clemson defensive tackle. So, I... Knowing that they wanted them bad, they still got their guy and traded back. Didn't give up a first or early second round pick and still got Josh Rosen, uh, a young talent. So I, I don't love Josh Rosen. Like, I don't think he's going to be amazing, but I, I think overall he's a good talent. And I think if they develop him well enough, he'll be great. Um, as an overall draft, they drafted really, really well. Um, getting Michael Dieter from Wisconsin at the center, really good offensive lineman. Isaiah Prince, I think, is an incredibly underrated pick from Ohio State. Um, and then Miles Gaskins is their seventh round pick. Uh, Really great running back from Washington. Um, so that's one of my big winners. Uh, my other big, big winner, I have to give them a shout-out. I have to. Lamar Jackson, okay? He got speed around him. Speed. Big, big-time speed. Literally everyone around Lamar Jackson is going to be super, super fast. Um, so, and I know people are going to be like, wait, they, they drafted Trace McSorley. No, Trace McSorley, I think, is going to be used exactly like Taysom Hill. Um, so I'm very interested to see how they use Taysom Hill. Or not Taysom Hill, excuse me, Trace McSorley. Um, but they addressed almost every single need except lineback- uh, their linebacker position. Um, but I love Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown. I, I didn't love him at the start, but you know, the more I thought about him, the more I liked it. 
Um, a fast guy, he's small. That's the new type of receiver now. You look at the Tyreek Hill, which he's in some trouble, but Tyreek Hill is this fast, small little receiver who I mean, just gets all over the place and catches the ball. Uh, so overall, good receiver. Jalen Ferguson, I love that pick. Um, so I think, I think Lamar Jackson himself won big time uh, with a ton of speed around him. Uh, Miles Boykin and Justice Hill also. Uh, my last winner. Okay, I'm going to give my last winner. I think the Washington Redskins had a pretty decent one here. Reason being, I, some people have been telling me, like, they, they're like, oh, my God, they got the steal of the draft from 15 for Haskins. I don't necessarily think that – I wouldn't say that's necessarily a steal. I do like Haskins. I think he's going to be end up being the best quarterback from this draft. Uh, Montez Sweat at 26. Montez Sweat's had a lot of issues, but I think he's going to end up being um, a pretty good uh, – uh, excuse me, Montez Sweat's going to be a pretty good defensive end um, when it's all done. He actually went to Michigan State first, so it hurts me saying that, but – We'll get past that. Bryce Love, fantastic pick. I think that will pan out. It's going to be a while. That's a project. We'll see how that goes. And then Kel- Kevin Kelvin Harmon from NC State receiver in the sixth round. This guy was getting mocked in the middle of the season around third round, even maybe second round. I think they definitely won. So who, who are your winners from the NFL draft? Um, so first, I, I like how you said Lamar Jackson's a winner. I think Marquise Brown is an awesome receiver. I was hoping he would follow the Patriots. Yeah, I just want to point um, out that I, I would like everyone to call me Hollywood from now on because he's Hollywood Brown. That's, <laughs> that's my new nickname. Thank you, everyone. Please come on the podcast, too. <laughs> so uh, my big winner, you mentioned it, the Washington Redskins. It just kind of was obvious to me. I saw Dwayne Haskins at 15, who I think is the best quarterback, and he was t- taken as the third quarterback. The Giants made a mistake. We'll get to that later. Um, but Dwayne Haskins, 15th pick, and then Montez Sweat at 26, who's in mocks is, you know, 6th or 7th pick in some of these mock drafts. So I think the Redskins, the clear winner. Obviously, you mentioned some of the receivers. They got Terry McLaughlin from Ohio State, uh, Kelvin Harmon. So the Redskins are the clear winner. What are some losers you got, Brandon? Um, I would say there's really only one loser, and I don't—it's it's hard. For, I don't even think they're a huge loser, and I would say Dave Dentleman is my only loser. I— Daniel Jones, here's how I think about this. I'm just going to go very quickly on this. My dad tells me this all the time about how th- there's a reason they're at their job. They know things we don't know. Mel Kuyper Jr. like loved Daniel Jones. I mean, absolutely loved him. I like, talked about him all the time. There's clearly something that I do not know and that most of us, you know, watching the draft and NFL fans do not know about Mel Kuyper, or uh, excuse me, about Daniel Jones. So I... I guess they saw something crazy different. He also looks like Eli Manning, but I guess they saw something crazy different, um, and they decided him over Haskins. So there's clearly something they don't know. But as a whole, I think just looking at the draft, I don't completely understand. I think Haskins is better. Uh, you know, going back to my point again, maybe there's something we don't know. But that's my only lone loser. I think of the draft like a big loser. Yeah, I mean, I agree with what you're saying. I think the Giants are the loser. Um, I think Daniel Jones from and again what you said like maybe they're seeing stuff we don't see but from what I saw you know highlights I watched Daniel Jones he looks pretty average to me I don't think he was a first round quarterback Um, so to me I don't know what I'm missing but I don't think Daniel Jones was even the third best quarterback I think Drew Locke was better than him so Giants are the loser. Um, all right, so after our winners and losers, we have a fan-submitted question here from uh, one of my roommate's best friends. I'm going to consider him my friend. I, I like him a lot. Uh, Johnny Bolin. Uh, Johnny, please come on the podcast, too. Hopefully you're listening to this. Hopefully Ben texted you and told you that. I told him like five times to do that. Um, he wants us to go over who we think is going to be a future Hall of Famer. So I'm going to give two names, and I, I think there is a high chance this happens. I'm going to put my seal of certification on this. Two guys. Number one, okay? 
is Nick Bosa. I, I seriously think Nick Bosa is one of, like, one of the best prospects to ever come out of the draft. And let me explain. Joey Bosa was drafted, what, four, five, six, four, right around there, okay? Yeah. Joey Bosa is amazing. Nick Bosa is better than him, okay? So I think Nick Bosa is there. The other guy I have is TJ Hawkinson uh, from Iowa, the tight end who went to the Tiger, or, uh, excuse me, not Tigers-Lions. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, I think, was the most, the most for sure pick in the NFL draft uh, this year. I think he's going to be amazing. Stafford throwing to a big target. I like him a lot. Um. Yeah, so I'm going to go with – I agree with Nick Boza. Everything you said about him, um, how big uh, of a loss he was to Ohio State when he got hurt last season. So I think for sure Nick Boza. Um, I also think that Quinnen Williams is going to be a Hall of Famer. To me, he's uh, the second-best player overall in this draft behind Nick Boza. So I think Quinnen Williams is going to be great. And I also really like Josh Allen, um, how athletic he is. Josh Allen's going to be amazing. I think mm-hmm. all three of those guys mm-hmm. could be Hall of Famers. That, that's who I think is the steal of the draft, Josh Allen. I think he slipped way too far. Josh Allen is a, a very unique talent. Way, way too far. I would have picked him, if not four or five, and he'd slipped all the way down right. to seven. So I know it doesn't seem like a far distance, but there's such high picks, they matter so much. Um, quick shout-out to our Bowling Green State University wide receiver, Scotty Miller, getting drafted, I think, 208, seventh round, 208 to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Big shout-out to him. Runs a 4-3-3, blazing speed, has yep. good hands. He's small, but that's, again, that's the type of receiver we got nowadays. Yep. Uh, so just blazing speed. I really, really like him. I, I think yep. he could make the team and maybe make an impact. I, I think he has it there. Um, but speaking of big impact things, uh, transitioning over to the NBA playoffs. Um, first on the bout here, I, we got to talk about Damian Lillard. We have to talk about Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard in the final game against the Thunder. They won 118-115. to Again, Thunder losing in the first round. Not surprising. Um, Damian Lillard went off 17 for 33 from the field, 10 for 18 from three-point, 6 for 8 from the free-throw line, had 50 points. 50. 5-0. That's a lot of points. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think about this game? Um, yeah, so this was an amazing performance by Damian Lillard. Everything about this game... Um, from what I caught from the game, seemed like this was going to be the Thunder's game to win. Mm. I thought the Thunder had it. They were up by 15 at one point. But Damian Lillard was just on another level. He had, I think, like 30-something in the first half. Um, just Some of the things he was doing were, were just insane. He just took over the game completely, brought his team back. He's a, like truly just led his team and really, this is just a statement that Damian Lillard is one of the best players in the NBA. I, He's I think insane. there shouldn't even be this discussion anymore. I'm getting sick of this discussion because I, I don't know why people are like, is he? Like, is he not? He, he is such an elite yes. player in the NBA. It's insane. I mean, he just destroyed two of the best players in the NBA. It, it's <clears> just, uh, to me, when you say like it's the Thunder series or to win, that's terrible. The Thunder have no business going to even five against a Portland Trailblazers team. Uh Here's what I'm looking at that I think is interesting. Russ went 11 for 31, which is not surprising. 4 for 11 from 3, which isn't horrible. It's not good, but it's not horrible. He got his triple-double. Um, he went minus 4 and plus minus. Paul George was 14 for 20 from the field. 3 for 8 from 3, which isn't great. His plus minus was plus 6. Why was the ball not in Paul George's hands? Like, I, I, I can't understand why, why. I mean, Russ this has to be so selfish. And get his little triple-double where, I mean, why is Paul George not shooting more? They could have won this game with Paul George shooting more. Um, I agree. That's crazy to me, but uh, we'll go on over to the next uh, part here. We have the uh, Spurs in Nuggets Game 7. So why don't you break us down what happened uh, in this game? 
Okay, so the final score, this one was 90 to 86. The Spurs or the Nuggets won in game seven. Uh, it was only game seven in the first round. But this was really the Nuggets had the lead. It looks like it looked like it was their game. It wasn't really gonna be close for a while. And then the Spurs really crept back in at the end. And then there was a situation in the end where I think the Nuggets were only up four points and the Spurs didn't foul. Like it was, I think Popovich was yelling to foul and the players like couldn't hear him over the noise, which when I was watching this game, the Nuggets crowd was live. They were hyped up. Seemed like the whole game, they were on their feet. Like they were ready. Obviously Denver hadn't been in the playoffs for since the mellow days really. So they were really hyped up and I don't know why they didn't foul. It was, it was kind of crazy, honestly. Yeah, it seems like to me, I, it doesn't seem like the the Spurs played up to what they could have. I mean, you have Aldridge only scoring sixteen. He is plus minus was minus thirteen. To to me, I I don't see. It really seems like they did not play their best basketball. I mean, DeRozan was seven for twenty one. I don't think they had any business winning this game. But the ending there was it was very odd. I mean, Popovich is such a bright minded coach. Why, I mean, why not foul? Right, like why, yeah. why are we not fouling? Yeah. Um, but can you continue on our next thing? Uh. Warriors versus Clippers, KD, Kevin Durant, dropped 50 points um, in a playoff basketball game. That is amazing. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so I was watching this game, and Kevin Durant, he was just hitting shot after shot. Actually, the Clippers kind of had the momentum early in the game. They were they had the lead for a while. You know, Steph Curry was missing some shots, Klay Thompson. No one was really getting it going except Kevin Durant. So Kevin Durant, he really set the tone. He made sure that the Clippers never got too far ahead, and he really took over. Just really, this is why he's, in my opinion, the best player in the world, because he really just took over. He was like, no, we're not going back to Oracle Arena for Game 7. We're ending it now, and he went off. Um, yeah, the best player in the world. Let's, let's calm down with that. But Kevin Durant, I mean, this was an amazing game. 15 for 26 from the field, 6 for 14 from 3, 14 for 15 from free throw, and his plus minus is plus 18. I, I mean, that's, this is how you have to perform in closeout games if you want to be considered one of the best. And, I mean, that's what he's doing. I mean, there's no denying that he isn't one of the best players, if not ever, definitely in the league. I mean, he's definitely top two, top three. I mean, if we can have that debate for another day, but – I mean, he truly is such an amazing player, and this shows, you know, how he can completely take over a game. Um, speaking of another player that took over a game, Raptors beating the 76ers 108-95 to in their first game. And we had Kawhi Leonard scoring 45, 45, 16 for 23 from the field, 3 for 7 from 3, 10 for 11 from free throw, and his plus-minus was 26. Uh, everyone in the starting lineup for that team had a plus-minus above plus 15. Um... And also, something to mention, the, war- the, the Raptors play their whole bench. They just play everyone. They yeah. don't even care. They just play everyone. That's, mm-hmm. that's insane, especially in today's NBA. Sort of the same thing. Both of them play like their whole bench. Pop of it, in the Spurs game, they only played eight guys. Right. Isn't that crazy? But what do you think yeah. about Kawhi Leonard? He's going 45. Yeah. yeah, so Kawhi Leonard, he was insane this game. Obviously, before the season started, um, people were wondering, is this still going to be the same Kawhi? And... Yeah, it's the same Kawhi, if not better. He was just insane. Um, And really, there's some talks about, like, um, he's being compared to Michael Jordan. Not in terms of, like, his play style, his how great he is, but how he methodically just, like, assassinates the other team. He kind of plays, like, a, a slower style and just makes these jump shots and drives the lane. He just controls a game. He really takes over. Um, yeah, so I, I completely agree. Kawhi Leonard's a very, very much elite player, if not top five in the league currently. Um, move on to our second round preview. We're just going to kind of go through who we think is going to win the second round games. 
Um, so I'll go first. I have the Warriors winning in, if not four, I think they win in five. Most likely it'll be five. I know you're going to disagree a ton. The Warriors are way too dominant. I know it was only a four-point game this time. I seriously think they'll only win in five. Um, Portland versus Denver uh, is the two versus three seed. I have this going to seven. Portland edges it out. Damian Lillard's too much. Now, this is the interesting game to me. We have Boston versus Milwaukee. I'm going to go the bold pick. I'm going to go Boston in seven here also. And then Toronto against Philly, I have in six Toronto winning. Okay. So with the Warriors-Rockets, I have the Warriors in seven. I think you're uh, counting out the Rockets a little bit. I don't, I'm not going to have them winning. Obviously, the Warriors take a 1-0 lead, but I have the Warriors in seven. I think it's going to be a great matchup. Obviously, I've said many times, this to me is the real NBA Finals. Um, the Blazers and Nuggets, I have the Blazers in seven as well. The Bucks-Celtics, I'm surprised that the Celtics took game one, but I'm still going to stick with my original mm-hmm. pick, Bucks in seven. And then Toronto and Philly, this is the only series where I feel like one team's clearly better than another. Raptors clearly better than Sixers, beat them in six. Alrighty, so to wrap up the episode, we're just going to go over our little quick prediction for the week. Trevor, you up first. Ben Simmons will make a three-pointer in this series. He will make at least one. That's a good prediction. That's a solid one. I have my poll prediction going back to it. Warriors will win in five. I'm confident in it. I'm confident. But that'll be all for today's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. We really, truly appreciate it. Um, We're well over 350 downloads at this point. That doesn't even consider listens. Please follow both of us on Twitter and the Small Baller Podcast on Twitter. It's literally at Small Baller Pod. Um, And at the end of the day, these are just our opinions, but we really like the uh, support. So thanks again. And uh, that'll be it. We'll see you guys next Sunday. Go Falcons.